we're in a series entitled No Longer Victory Through a Spirit-Led Life. You know, that phrase, spirit-led, you know, it, it, it sounds very religious sounding, right? We've all heard being led by the Spirit. But I question how many of us actually knows what it means to be led by the Spirit. And as a Christian, this should be fundamental understanding. This is what we were saved for. We were saved, we were rescued from the kingdom of darkness and translated into the kingdom of his dear son so that we could become one with him and live the way that he always planned us to live. What we're going to be learning to do today is we're going to be learning to, to, lo- to lose the baggage of the flesh so that we can live lightly and freely in Christ Jesus. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you for the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. We thank you that uh, you have called us to live in the unforced rhythms of your grace. That we are, we are called to live lightly and freely in Christ Jesus. We ask that you would bring divine revelation to today's message in the ears of the hearers. That it would bring transformation and that the dominoes in their mind would start to fall. And they would see exactly what it means to be a child of the king. We just love you, we praise you, and we worship you this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. So what's the answer? What's the answer to all the things that we dislike about ourselves? You know that there's an answer? His name is Jesus. (laughs) But we found the answer in Galatians chapter 5, remember what Galatians chapter 5 said? 5.16, it says, it says, walk in the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. How simple is that? That is so simple. The answer is so simple. If you don't want to gratify the desires of the flesh, if you don't want to be in, to operate in sin, if you don't want to live contrary to how you were designed, so you were designed a particular way. God designed you. And when, just like anything, if, if you use the wrong tool on a, a piece of machinery, you use it, a, a tool the wrong way, guess what you're going to do? You're going to ruin that tool, right? If you use something in a manner that it was not designed for, you're going to wreck it. And God designed us in a particular way, right? And when we live contrary to how we were designed, we end up in the world that we live in today. It's, it's pretty, pretty simple. But the answer is, is, it's simple. Just walk in the Spirit. Just walk in the Spirit and you will not gratify the lusts of the flesh. Simple. The problem is, as simple as that answer is, it doesn't tell us how. How? How do you walk in the Spirit? Okay, Paul, that's the answer to all my problems is all I got to do is walk in the Spirit. But how? How do we walk in the Spirit? And the good news is, the good news is, is God doesn't leave us in the dark. The good news is that we can look back in Scripture that He has given us, inspired by the Holy Spirit, to find out where was the first time that walking in the Spirit was mentioned. And 
when we look at that, the first time that we see that walking in the Spirit is mentioned, it's in Romans chapter 8 by Paul. And in Romans chapter 8, verse 4, it says, In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the, on the flesh is death, that brokenness we talked about, right? Using, using our lives in ways that God never intended, right? But to set your mind on the Spirit, the way that God intended us to live, is life and peace. It's amazing. The Bible is so simple. I don't understand why people say, I just don't understand the Bible. I just don't get it. Sounds simple to me. To live according to the Spirit means that one must set their mind on things of the Spirit. That's how simple it is. To live according to the flesh means to set one's mind on the things of the flesh. There's only one or two things you can do. Your mind can only be set on the things of the Spirit, or it can only be set on the mind, on things of the flesh. That's it. Someone that is spiritual, so what does it mean to be a spiritual person? Someone that is spiritual sets their minds on the things of the Spirit. Right? So that's how, that's, if you want to be a spiritual person, you don't have to um, dress funny. You don't have to, to uh, um, lock yourself up in a monastery. You, you, you can just act like Jesus. You can hang out with fishermen. You can go to parties. You can have fun. You can even hang out with religious people and still be walking and be spiritual. Someone who is carnal sets their mind on the things of the flesh. They are carnally minded. What is carnal? It's meat. So what Paul is saying is those that are meatheads. It's biblical to call people meatheads. Those that set their mind on the things of the flesh are meatheads. They are carnally minded because they're setting their mind on the natural realm and not elevating their minds to the truth and the reality that is theirs in the spiritual realm in Christ Jesus. So by this definition of what it means to live according to the Spirit, Galatians can be understood this way. Remember, Galatians was the answer. Walk in the Spirit and you will not gratify the lusts of the flesh. Well, it can be understood this, this way. But I say, if you set your mind on the things of the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. The Bible is so easy when you let the Bible interpretate itself. This is good news. Because being spiritual is not a long, drawn-out process. It's not a long, drawn-out process. 
There's a lot of people that when they first come into the church, they are on fire for God. And they see God everywhere. They hear God's voice. Everything, it's just, it's just so real. It's radiating in every aspect of their life. And then there are those that have been Christians for 20, 30, 40 years. And it seems like he's distant. He, that, that it's not as vibrant. It's not as exciting. Why? Why is that? Why, why can new believers be so, ex- well, they're just naive. I don't think so. I don't think they're naive. I think when they come into the kingdom, they are so, their minds are so set on the king. Their minds are so set on Jesus. Their mind is so set on the new creation, who they are. They're no longer who they used to be. They're filled with joy. Why? Because of what their minds are set on. But for some reason, us mature believers, when we come back down to reality, you can't just live in the clouds all the time. No, you have just changed what you're setting your mind on. Wow. So walking in the Spirit, Walking in the Spirit is simple. You just set your minds on the things of the Spirit. It's not something we grow into. It's not a long process. It's not something that we work to obtain. It's not a ladder we climb up into the presence of God. (laughs) You were born into it. You were born into it. Believe it. (laughs) Now, this does not mean that we walk around in some trance all the time. This doesn't mean that we walk around in a trance hearing hell, heavenly voices all the t- time, even though you can. This doesn't mean we sit in a lotus position humming show tunes or whatever they do. I don't know what, what they're humming. That's not what it is to me, me spiritual. It's, simp- it's simply setting your minds on what is true in the spirit. You choose to make a decision to set your mind on the things of the Spirit. What God says is in the Spirit, what God says you are in the Spirit, what is true in God's reality, you set your mind on that, and that becomes absolute truth in your life. It's that simple. That will answer so many questions. When your emotions start rising up, and feelings, I feel this way, I feel this way. I don't care how you feel. I, I, feelings are not to dictate your life. The Word of God is to dictate your life. If your feelings aren't lining up with spiritual truth, guess what? It's a lie. And you're believing a lie. This is good. This is good preaching. I'm sure you're saying amen back at home. Yeah. You make a deliberate choice. You choose to uh, you choose to set your mind on the things of the Spirit. See, this is good news. This is why it's called the gospel. This is great news. Because if you're carnal in any area of your life, because there's some areas of people's life that they're carnal in, and some areas that they're spiritual in. Some areas they've set their mind, and, and they've, they've acknowledged the truth of God in this area of your life, but in other areas of your life, they are acknowledging the truth of this world. They're being controlled by the things of this world. 
This is good news. This doesn't mean that, this means that deliverance isn't some long drawn out process. This doesn't mean, this doesn't mean change, habits are some long drawn, that you want to break are, are some long drawn out process. It's just creating a new habit. You, you, you shift your mind from the things of the flesh in that area of your life to things of the spirit. You start acknowledging what God says about that area of your life. This, but you got to want to do that. The problem is, is so many of us love that area of our life. It, it brings comfort. It brings, it's familiar. That's why they call it familiar spirits. <laughs> it's familiar to you. So as quickly, listen to this, you can go from carnal, being carnally minded to spiritually minded in a blink just by changing what you're focusing on, just by changing what you're thinking on. And that's good news. But the bad news is, is that you can go from being spiritually minded to carnal in a blink of an eye, Right? Right? Pastor Chad can be up here all spiritual and they get mad at his kids and, or wife in the blink of an eye. Right? He can go from spiritual to carnal very quickly. And that, no amens out here. Okay. But I'm sure I'm not the only one, right? I'm not the only one. Why? What, what, what changed? Is, is Pastor Chad really not saved? No. He just, he, he's just, he just approached a different atmosphere, a different experience, and instead of having the mind of Christ, having a spiritually mind, he, he had a carnal, carnal mind. He was thinking about how this affects me in the flesh, and what is true in the flesh. And let me tell you, every time I have a carnal mindset, it doesn't end well. It doesn't end well. So what does it mean to set your mind on the things of the Spirit? If it's not walking around in tranches or meditating in the lotus position, or what, what does it mean to have a mind of the Spirit? Well, let me go back to this real quick. A lot, I use myself as an example, but a lot of people put religious leaders up on a pedestal and they receive great revelation from them, right? And then that religious leader gets into major sin. And they start questioning everything that they learn, the revelation that they receive from that religious leader. And they start, <laughs> see, this is, this is why the church needs to be trained. They start questioning God's word if it's true. Well, if he can't do it, how can I do it? He did the same thing you do. He got off into carnally thinking about an area of his life. And he started thinking carnally on a certain area of his life and became carnal. <laughs> See, that's, that's the truth. So you don't throw all the spiritual-minded stuff that they had. But... He, but that person, just like all of us, needs to renew their mind to spiritual thinking in that area of their life and repent. That's what repent means. To turn around, change your mind, think differently. 
right? So, so what does it mean to walk in the Spirit? What does it mean to set your mind on the things of the Spirit? Do you know how to set your mind on the things of the Spirit? That's a question. Do you know? Ask yourself this. Self, do I know what it means to set my mind on the things of the Spirit? See, if you're not able to answer that quickly, how, how can you possibly be walking in the Spirit? If you don't know how to set your mind on the things of the Spirit, how can you be walking in the Spirit? And if you can't be walking in the Spirit, how can you have victory in this life? How can you not be gratifying the lusts of the flesh? Are we just doing it by accident? So it's not, I think that we need to have ears to hear when it comes to this subject, right? We, we, we need to take heed to what we are hearing. If you're not able to say, yes, this is what it means to set my mind on the Spirit. Listen to this. Setting your mind on the things of the Spirit means that you set your mind and focus on the Spirit realm and what is true there. What it means to set your mind on the things of the Spirit is that you set your mind and you focus on the Spirit realm and what is true there. Because you do know that there's a spirit realm, correct? There is a spirit realm. There is more to existence than just the physical world that we live in. Listen to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3 says this. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. That what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. Everything that you see came into existence from a realm that you cannot see. And this right here answers the question, is Genesis just a story? Is, just a, is it just a poetic, poetic way of how the world came into existence? That we can't really say that this is fact, this is truth. Well, Hebrews says that that kind of thinking is ignorance. God commanded it, and it happened. You, I just love how they take the Old Testament. Well, they're just, that was just a poetic way of getting an idea across. Well, Hebrews doesn't think so. Hmm. Everything that is in existence came into existence from a realm that cannot be seen. There is another realm that is more real and unchanging than this one. It's called the spirit realm. And in that realm, Jesus is seated in heavenly places at the right hand of God the Father. This is true in the spirit realm. And you know what the good news is? The good news is that Ephesians tells us that, that, that we are seated, we are seated with him in heavenly places. That's a good place to set your mind on, isn't it? That's a good place to see yourself. Can you, how can you have a mindset of defeat if you are seeing yourself seated next to Jesus? Anything, anything that is true in our spirits 
are the things of the Spirit. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus is in the Spirit realm. And that's operating in your reborn spirits right now. Remember, we, we talked about this. I think it was part two. You are connected, you are baptized, you are welded, you are married, you are sealed. You are one spirit with Christ. And from that throne of grace keeps flowing the law of the spirit of life into your born-again spirits. That's why you are now eternal. You are eternal. Mm. You are That's called eternal life, right? We don't want eternal death. We want eternal life life. Amen? But the thing of it is, is you can't perceive the law of the spirit of life flowing into your spirit with your five physical senses. Even though it's true, it's happening right now. You can't perceive it. You, 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 you have to receive this revelation of what is true in, your, in the Spirit from the Word of God and through Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit brings revelation to you. See, the Word of God, you have to have both. You have to have the Word of God and the Spirit of God, Holy Spirit, to bring revelation, to know how to apply it, to bring life to this Word. You understand that? There's a lot of people that can read this Word separate from the Holy Spirit and not get a thing out of it. But when you read it with the one that wrote it, that's a whole new thing. And, and that's what spiritual truth is. That's what's true in the spirit. What, who we are in Christ Jesus, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that is what's true about us. Because as great as it is to have the law of the spirit of life throwing, flowing into your spirit, Right? The issue is, is that we need it to flow into our soul. We need it to flow into our bodies. We need it to change this physical world. Right? So, so how do we get this life? How do we get this freedom? How do we get this, this, this life of the, um, the law of the spirit of life working through our spirits, into our souls and our physical bodies to give us freedom from the law of sin and death that lives in our flesh. Right? Because you're either operating one or the other. You're either operating in the law of, of, of sin and death, which operates in flesh, being carnally minded, or you are operating in the law of spirit of life that is working in our spirits that is being spiritually minded. This is good. You young people, if you can learn to do this right now, you save yourself a lot of heartache. We need to get it into our souls, and we need to get it into our flesh. Walking in the Spirit is not about abandoning this world. Walking in the Spirit is not about abandoning life on earth. Or depriving one of natural pleasures. God created every pleasure. Do you know that? In 1 Timothy 
it tells us that God gives us richly all things to enjoy. You're supposed to be enjoying life. You're not supposed to be, uh, Christians shouldn't be depressed. They shouldn't be walking around like, oh, this world has, is, I, I don't want nothing in this world. One day in the sweet by and by, Lord Jesus. No, that's not what the, what the gospel of the kingdom teaches. But that's what we teach. We, see, that's a scheme. That's a religious scheme. That you can become spiritual by depriving yourself of things. Now, if you're out of whack, if you are carnally minded in some areas of your life, and you're not lining up these pleasures with what God says about them, then guess what? You need to have some discipline. You need to start setting your mind. But again, it's not about, by my own strength, I'm going to discipline myself. No, it's about changing the way you think about these things. And how do you change the way that you think about these things? You set your mind on the things of the Spirit. What are the things of the Spirit? The Word of God revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. Man, if it could get any easier. Walking in the Spirit is not about abandoning this world. We are not called to escape earth to go to heaven. That's not the gospel. Do you know that? We are told to bring heaven to earth. In Luke chapter 11, verse 2, it says, So he said to them, When you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are supposed to be calling heaven to earth. And something else that I want to point out here is that if you believe that God is in control of everything, you can't pray this prayer. Because Jesus told us to pray that God's will would be done on earth. If we have to pray for God's will to be done on earth, guess what? There's things on this earth that aren't His will that are happening. Right? So we're supposed to be bringing in, ushering in this kingdom that is tied to the will of the king. In Mark chapter 1, verse 15, the time is fulfilled. What's fulfilled mean? Does it mean it's going to happen someday in the future? The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, change your mind, and believe the good news, the gospel. Wow. Man, some of us are... Hmm. I, I, you know, we, we've been taking communion. We just took communion during Easter. And I want you to think about something. Jesus says, I will not partake of this cup or eat of this bread until I eat it with you, with my Father in heaven. Has the kingdom come? Yes. We just read it. Is Jesus seated in heaven? Are we seated with him in heavenly places? In the spirit, what is, is that true? So every time we take communion, guess what? Jesus isn't abstaining. He's, he's taking it with us. Luke chapter 17, verse 20. Now when he was asked by the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. 
So what's that mean? You can't see it with your physical senses. Nor will they say, see here, see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. How do we get the kingdom, the law of the spirit of life, to flow into our souls, our mind, our will, our emotions? How do we get it into our physical bodies? You just have to switch the spiritual light on. It's that simple. Let the light shine. Allow the law of the spirit of life to flow. What is that switch? What is that spiritual switch? What is that switch that allows the, 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 law of the, the, law, the law of the spirit of life to flow in your life? It's your mind. It's your mind. When you are navel-gazing, looking at self, or just looking at the natural realm and allowing that to control your mind, the switch is off. The law of the spirit of life can't flow into your soul and body, and the law of sin and death are in operation. I want to sear this image into your guys' mind. A light switch. We all use them. Think about this. Every time from now on, every time you go to turn the light on, I want you to notice which way the switch goes. It goes up. It doesn't go down. Well, I guess if it's a three-way or a four-way, we're not going to get into details. A regular switch goes up. So when the switch is down, the light is off. When we're looking down at ourself or this, or this realm, this physical realm, the light is off. This, the, the law of the spirit of life can't flow. But when we turn the switch on, we look up and we become sun gazers. And, the, and, and we set our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. And, and the law of the spirit of life now is able to flow into our lives. Every time, Holy Spirit, sear that into their minds to remind them to look up every time they flip that switch, that switch on. When you look up, you become a sun gazer and you set your mind on the things of the Spirit. The switch is turned on and the law of the Spirit of life will flow into your soul and your body. It's up to you. There's other phrasings out there. You, we need to put on Christ. It's like putting on a garment. We put off the things of this world, and we put on Christ. How do we put on Christ? By what we set our minds on. In Isaiah 26, verse 3, it says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. This is a spiritual law. And it works whenever you appropriate it. If you look back, if you look back in your Christian experience and that and noticed every time that you were flooded with life and peace, your mind was set on the things of the Spirit. There is no exceptions. We see this with new believers. We see this in 
conferences and revivals and church services? Why is it that people get excited in a church service? Why is it people ask for prayer in a church service? Why do they hoop and holler? Why do they, <laughs> why do they come, come forward and ask and believe God to be prayed to be healed or delivered? Why? Because in that church service, they set their minds on the things of the Spirit. But when they go out the doors and they go home, guess what that? They're no longer doing. They're no longer setting their mind on the things of the Spirit. That's why we don't carry revival with us. We're always waiting revival to happen in our church. I'm telling you, the, the last revival is going to happen outside the church building when believers start walking as the sons and daughters of God, revealing the glory of God to the world. And how do you do that? By setting your mind on the things of the Spirit. Passionate, right here at Caris New Testament Church, we have people that show up and, and, and they're so passionate. They, 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 they uh, are excited. They, they love the grace message and the, and the good news of the gospel. They, they're being set free, and, and it's like a new life of, of, of God is just flowing in their life. And then time goes by, and they get back into their old habits and their own way of thinking. And pretty soon, the message hasn't changed. I haven't changed. I mean, there's probably things that I've tweaked, tweaked over the um, years, but not nothing, nothing like big doctrinally things that I've, I've tweaked. There's little things that I have better understanding of. I, I actually had... Um, Gary Lisesky came up to me and he gave me an uh, audio tape of a message that I had preached probably 15, 16 years ago. That's when it was on cassette tapes. And he handed it to me and says, you know what? When I started coming to church here, I thought that, that uh, you were teaching something new. But then I found this and I listened to it and I, I realized that you've been teaching this all along. I don't. So what is it that causes someone to go from being excited about their church to all of a sudden no longer, if the pastor hasn't changed drastically, if things haven't really changed, why, why, why all of a sudden do they start losing that zeal, that excitement? Could it be because all of a sudden their mind's being set on something else? Well, he's got, he's got bad grammar. He's got bad grammar. Right? Oh, that, that, that word's spelt wrong on the screen. Or, they really can't sing. I'm, this is just stuff, I'm just, I'm not saying this is truth. Or, does it always smell like this in here? Or, you know what? I don't know, know if I like that person over there. Or I don't like the way that, that, that lady looked at me. Or I don't like... They're no longer sun gazers. They're no longer looking at the things of the Spirit. Things haven't, haven't really changed. And I've seen that over and over again. And I've had people ask me, nothing's changed here. Something has to have changed in you. I say this in love. You better check yourself. Before you wreck yourself. No. But, <laughs> my goodness. That was, thus says the Lord.
But <laughs> Isaiah, Isaiah tells us to keep our minds on God, right? He will keep us in perfect peace. You can't keep your mind stayed on Him and have your mind on the natural at the same time. Do you know that? You cannot have your mind on God and your mind on the natural at the same time. So if you're not in peace, guess what, you, what you're missing? You're missing keeping your mind on God. That phrase, perfect peace, perfect peace, do you know what that is actually saying in the Hebrews? Hebrew? In the Hebrew, it says shalom, shalom. It's the same word used twice. They didn't know how to translate it, so they said perfect peace. It's the word shalom, shalom. And shalom is an all-encompassing word of wholeness and peace. It is likened to the Greek word sozo, where we get our English word salvation. Do you want salvation? Do you want to experience salvation? Keep your mind on God. You will experience salvation in your entire being when you have a mind that is stayed on the Spirit. What is true in Christ Jesus. Isn't that what John tells us? Beloved, I, be, I, I pray above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your mind prospers. How do we have a prosperous mind? We set our mind on the things of the Spirit. Wow. This is easy. We bring the kingdom, the law of the spirit of life, when we set our mind on what God says about things. So what does God say about righteousness? Is it something we earn or, or is it something, what does he say about condemnation? Are you, if you are in condemnation, are you setting your mind on the things of the spirit or are you setting your mind on the things of the flesh? Huh? Money, what is God, does God say anything about money? How about, how about holiness? What does it mean to be holy, to be set apart? Is it wearing your collar backwards? Or wearing dresses or not wearing deodorant? Or teenagers, that's wrong. What about sex? Right, this is a big issue in, in our culture it's always been a big issue, though. But does God have something to say about sex? Yeah, he created it. You know what? If you want to have his mind on sex, if you're married, first of all, you've got to be married. That's God's. See, that's the thing about, I'm going to get myself in trouble. Here's God's idea for sex, and it's contrary to the world. Get married as soon as possible and have as much sex as you want. You know what the world tells you? Wait. Don't, don't get married right away. Go out and sow your, your seed, your wild oats. It's totally contrary. God's not against sex. He just knows what works best and what isn't going to bring destruction. If, you want, if you're married, go home and have a Bible study. Get out the Song of Songs, the Song of Solomon, and do a Bible study in the Song of Solomon and find out what God thinks about sex. 
I got a teaching that I don't know if I'd have enough guts to preach now called um, Cisterns and Fountains and Cisterns. Fountains and Cisterns. Maybe, I don't know. It was, it was basically an R-rated. But it was all biblical. It was all biblical. <laughs> so God has something about sex. How about life? What does God say about life? Well, there's a lot of Christians that are confused on what it means, what, what it means to be on God's um, spiritually minded when it comes to life and protecting life. How about government? Does God have anything to say about government? How about stewarding the earth? Does God have anything? That's what God, he put us on the earth to do is to steward it. Right? We are supposed to bring the world into submission to us, not us come under the submission of the world. Now, I'm against polluting. I'm against, I'm against, we need to take care of our world. And I, and I don't think that there is any rational human being that thinks that we shouldn't take care of the world that we live in. Let's start by taking care of your own yard. Right? And do I think that the world is going to come to an end because of man-made global warming? No. Well, I don't know why. Because that's not what the Bible says. And if that's not what the Bible says, it's not true. I am spiritually minded on that, on that point. How about raising children? Does God have anything to say about how you should raise your children? Are you spiritually minded on that? Hmm. How about the equality of the races and sexes? Does God have anything to say on that? Are you spiritually minded on that? See, the list could go on and on and on and on. Can I have the worship team come up? As simple as it is, we make it so difficult. So the question is, is the law of the spirit of life flowing in your life? Is the law of the spirit of life flowing in your life? Has the switch been turned on? Are you setting your mind on the things of the spirit? And how can you set your mind on the things of the spirit? The word of God partnered with the Holy Spirit. The Word of God. You, right now, you guys are setting your mind on the things of the Spirit. But you can't put me in your pocket and carry me everywhere you go. Well, I guess you could if you have a... You listen to our, I, our uh, podcasts and stuff like that. But, and that's exactly... I, I think I'm being funny, but that's exactly how you do it. You're constantly listening. You're constantly thinking. You're, you're constantly um, filtering the, your entire life through the Word of God and what God has to say and who you are in Christ and the realities, the truth of the spiritual realm. If there's any area of your life that you're not, you're not spiritually minded, guess what? We learned today, the good news is, is that all you got to do is flip the switch. 
All you have to do is flip the switch. You can take your mind off the circumstances of this natural world. You can take your mind off yourself and your capabilities and strength and set them on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, the king of the kingdom where we find grace and truth and the law of the spirit of life flowing from his throne. You know, we're, we're, one, of the, one of the things that, that this um, coronavirus really revealed is what people's minds were set on. What your mind was set on. And Pastor Tom, he taught a message called Essential, and he was talking about how whatever's inside of you, if you take a sponge and you, and you soak, soak up dirty water and you squeeze, when it, when it comes under pressure and it's squeezed, and dirty water will come out of it. But if you soak up clean water and it's squeezed, clean water will come out of it when pressure is applied to it. If you step on a, you step on a lemon, what comes out of it? Lemon juice. Why? Because that's what was in it, right? When pressure is applied to it. If you step on apple, what comes out of it? Apple juice. When you step on a donut, what comes out of it? Donut juice? No. Uh, but if you step on a cockroach, what comes out of it? See? Whatever is in you, when pressure is applied to it, comes out of you. And this is what, this is a great, the good news is, is that if you don't like to see how the pressure from the outside world is, is causing you to act, causing you to live, causing you, the way that you see things, to cause fear to come into your life, the good news is it's so simple. Just flip the switch. Flip the switch. Start setting your mind on the things of God. Turn the news off. Turn the Netflix off for a little bit. Read a book. Well, I don't like to read. Well, you better learn. And who told you that? Who told you that you don't like to read? Is that truth? See? Well, I just fall asleep. I, when, I, when I listen to or watch uh, the Bible being taught on TV, I just fall asleep. Well, is there anything better to fall asleep to? You will stay in perfect peace when your mind is stayed on Him. You will have shalom, shalom. You will have the salvation of the Lord. You will have the law of the spirit of life flowing into your mortal bodies when we keep our minds stayed on him. So let's, let's praise him who is our shalom. Let's praise him who is our salvation, our King and kings and Lord of lords, Jesus Christ. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.karisntc.org. And remember, you are deeply loved, highly favored, and destined to reign in Christ Jesus.